I would like to acknowledge the first peoples of the River Murray and Mali region, in particular the Irrawong peoples, and our guest speaker today would also like to acknowledge the Rwandjeri, Rurawong and Bunurong peoples of the Kulin Nation, the traditional owners of the land in which we record this podcast and we pay our respects to their elders past and present. This is the Busy Mama podcast. I'm Ebony Forsyth and in this podcast I'm unearthing the stories that lie beneath some of Australia and New Zealand's favourite mother-made brands we know and love. Like birth stories but brand stories. This podcast won't be about haranguing the hustle but keeping it real when it comes to the beautiful chaos that is creating and managing brands, babies and everything in between. These are the stories of creation, ones to inspire, ones to celebrate, and ones to build connection from. You are listening to episode eight, the story of Yannicka, creator of the brand Big Little Things, mother to Alia and Amara. So excited to chat to you. I'm so excited I've to chat I've listened to, to you. all your episodes. You have? Yeah, yes. cool. So you kind of know what to expect sort of thing then. Kind of. I'm so yeah. bad at talking about myself, but this is good because then yeah. I actually have never actually gone through with so much detail. So I'm actually really excited to I'm jog so my memory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's really special because, like you said, we don't often, well, first of all, not many of us talk about ourselves or have permission, I guess, to talk about yeah. ourselves. I think that's the other thing is like you have done so much. A lot of us have done like so many mm. cool things, but they just kind of get ticked off and then moved on with. And like, and yeah, you're like your career life once you become a mum, the career mm. that you had before that kind of just gets almost not dis- forgotten, yeah, but like disappears. it does disappear. Like, yeah. you're like, I'm looking at this, you've really like, she like really lit this fire inside me going, I, I did a lot of stuff. Yeah, like, I'm actually I had a really good. amazing career before <laughs> yeah. I became a mum and like before I owned my own business. So it was like, it's like, okay, cool. Like, why do we like, yeah. um, we really judge ourselves or even like minimize our yeah. experience so much as mums. Yeah. So yeah. I think this is really cool. Thanks. So thank you. Yay. I'm really, really um uh humbled to be here. <laughs> yeah. No, well, thank yeah. you for agreeing to come on with me. It's so good. And yeah. you are all set up with your own podcast stuff. So we'll talk about that. I know later, I'm all teched up. <laughs> you're all teched up too. So we've got some nice audio for you. So thank you. That's awesome. I've been a customer of Big Little Things a few times now and I'm obsessed. Oh, I'm, really? I really appreciate I really appreciate oh. all the the bits and pieces that you do to make it feel really exciting. Mm, um yeah. That's so nice. And I as love... a graphic designer as well, I think I can appreciate all the packaging and the effort that goes into oh, all of that so nice as well. That means so much to me. <laughs> yeah. I'm I all think... about it. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. I love I love hearing when people have even if it's like one thing like two years ago I still just yeah. like love hearing that we like I'm I've sent something to you it's really nice yeah <laughs> it's probably one of those things as well you don't really like you you do on the routine but you don't really get to hear much mm. um like real life experiences of receiving orders and like yeah. Even, yeah I wish people were more yeah it's interesting how it's become sort of like a transactional thing and you know when I launched it was like people would post about it and be all excited now it's like yeah it's almost that whole influencer 
thing has kind of taken over everyone sort of I won't give you feedback or post it unless I'm getting something in getting something for so it yeah. when someone does do that it's so like oh small Thank business you. love it like it's so yeah. special like it's actually like it makes you d- your day like even yeah. if it's like a tag if it's just like a message saying like hey you know, I received this and thank you, or I really loved it or anything like that. It's just like, oh, okay, I'm going to keep going. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like right. it keeps you going. Like, yeah, so, yeah really totally. I think we're all guilty for like just getting on with the day and just receiving orders or getting mm-hmm. someone to do something for you and you just kind of like move on. I think we're all yeah. guilty of like we really could put more effort into um, it's, yeah, appreciating small business. Yeah. Like I get it from all your big brand, big box ones. Like yeah. that is, you're just a, you're pretty much just a number, but like yeah, in yeah. terms of when you do shop from a small store, it really means so much to it just does. say, Hey, thanks. Or just like I ordered from you for the first time or yeah, there's so many connections that I have where people are like, Oh, I ordered when you first, you know, opened yeah. and now I'm onto my third baby or something yeah so it's like it's yeah it's really special so I think um yeah you've made my day yay <laughs> no you're welcome I actually my think I think my first order I got one of the gift boxes sent to my probably my first friend who had a baby and she's actually pregnant mm. again with and about to have oh. a second baby so it's like it's funny yeah. isn't it how like yeah. time moves on and and I see I see people that come back and like, oh, I know like you're having another baby or you know if someone who is and it's like yeah. I know, I really know our customers, like even if I just know their names, I'm like, oh, it's you again. I haven't seen you in like a while. Yeah, yeah it's just it's really special. So Yeah, yeah. so nice. Cool. Well, let's get let's, into it. <laughs> yeah, let's get into the very beginning. So we'll get into oh, the, the actual big little things, um, mm. obviously, when we get to that point. But... Mm. Do you want to introduce yourself and just give a little bit of, I guess, a summary in your business, what you're doing and your life at the moment? Okay. So, hi, I'm Yannicka. I'm the owner of Big Little Things, uh, which is a baby and mum online store. I also just opened the sister brand to that, Big Little Gifting. I also run a podcast um, with Caitlin from High Premises Australia called You, Me and HG. Yeah. And I'm a mum to two girls, um, Alia and Amara, who are four and one. Um, and I'm partner to Josh and I live in Yarraville, Melbourne. Amazing. You nailed that. You've done that before. <laughs> I really haven't. I really, I really haven't. <laughs> that was amazing. Good job. Um, no, that's, uh, so you've got the two girls. So you've got a one-year-old as well. Oh, mm. one well, and um, a half. One yeah. and a half. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm a very much a one and a half year old. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm yet to find out what that's like. I'm about to have a one-year-old myself. So. Oh, well, yeah. I'm very it's, nervous. They are, I mean, <laughs> she's the second child. So she's like, she is a whole different, whole different being. Yeah. She is. She's amazing and hectic and incredible. And, and yeah. Alia is, you know, the big sister and, you know, she's four and a half and so she's, you know, yeah. she's almost five and she starts school next year. And, yeah. oh, it's just, yeah. 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 All the it's feelings. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, it is heartbreaking and exciting all at the same time, isn't it? Um, yeah. well, do you want to start at the very beginning of your story and mm-hmm. tell me about who you were before business and babies and in teenhood where you were and what life looked like then? Okay, so gosh. Um I grew up in Melbourne, but we moved to Bendigo, which is in regional Victoria. Um and 
I, I was thinking about this and we did, I don't know if they still do it anymore, but we did work experience in like yeah. in nine or 10. Yeah. yeah. I think and they still do it. it. I did. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm sure they do. And everyone was, you know, going to law firms and, you know, all their career, like they wanted to see what doctor does. And I was yeah. like, I literally was like, I want to get a job out of this. And so yeah. I, I basically went to Maya, which is like Bendigo is like the first Maya in Australia, I think. Oh, and yeah. um, so it's like this, it's old. Yeah. <laughs> but I went there. It was like, the, it's the only biggest thing at the time. Yeah. Um, and I was like, hey, I'm doing work experience. I'd love to, you know, um, do work experience here. Yeah. I don't know what, I don't know how I convinced them to do it, but I basically, they <laughs> got me shadowing the visual merchandiser. Oh, I didn't wow. ever know, cool. knew anything about VM. It was such an, uh, it's a week and it was so cool. Like I learned so much. I saw various things um, about running like, you know, the VM side of a big department store. Yeah. And um, out of that, I got, they offered me a job. So I'd Oh, basically wow. it was cool. a casual during Christmas yeah. um and then I basically worked there in different departments um from yeah year 10 through to year 12 um and that was awesome so, so cool. I yeah it was really good and then I I wanted to become an interior architect so um yeah. I, my family there's a few designers my dad's a designer um my auntie and my you know there's lots of design oh, wow. in our family so you've got so a lot I, of creative dna <laughs> yeah yeah and i really wanted to do that but i always also got told how hard it is um they're very successful but yeah. um they were always saying like you know it, it takes a really long time to get here and yeah. i kind of didn't really understand it now i do um obviously everything is you know it's a journey to get yeah. to any kind of success but um i kind of was like no i'll you know i'll do my like you know i did all the arts in year 11 and 12 i did you know three folios maths and all those things leading up to trying to get into what my degree and all that kind of stuff yeah and um I got into like the two universities I wanted to do. I accepted one and on my last exam, so I'd already been going back to Melbourne heaps. So my dad lived in Melbourne and uh, we would come back every second weekend and yeah. I just really missed it. And mm. then when I was like in year 12, I basically spent most weekends partying in Melbourne Yeah, because um, <laughs> it's only like an hour and a bit on the train. And so I knew and I was living out of home all of year 12. So I was pretty independent and I was like ready to like just leave Bendigo, leave country town and like yeah. go to Melbourne and as soon as I could. Yeah. So my last exam, I literally, I finished my exam, got on the train with like a bag of all my stuff and like moved to Melbourne and never looked back. Yeah. Wow. And I decided that I was going to defer my degree and just work for a year because I was like, yeah. I'm going to work, save money, and then I'll go back and I'll study. Yeah. And so I, I basically just did a resume drop to stores that I wanted to work at. And one of them was Kiki K on Little Con oh, Street yeah. in the city. Yeah. And I got, I think I got interviewed straight away. It was just before Christmas because it was like November. And I don't know why I thought they would, would hire anyone around this time. Yeah. Um, looking back at it. But I, this amazing um, manager like interviewed me kind of on the spot, hired me and I was working Christmas um, across 
Little Collins Street and Melbourne Central. So in 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 the city basically. And this yeah. is when Kiki K was like luxury. I mean, it still kind of is, but it's very different now. Yeah. Um, it was like luxury stationery, office yeah. supplies, Collins Street, Melbourne, like yeah. you know, very it was so it was so cool. Like it yeah. was um yeah. It was just one of, it was like the only kind of station. This is before Smiggle. Like yeah. it was really like. Yeah. Awesome. Like it was really cool. Yeah. And so I was working between those two stores. I then got um, assistant store manager. Um, I was like 17. So yeah. I got assistant wow. store manager of wow. um, Melbourne That's cool. Central. Yeah. Yeah. So my area 17. Manager, and Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Re- I, looking back at it, I was like. What? Um, <laughs> Most kids but are still at air- school. <laughs> yeah, I'd yeah. finished and I was, yeah, so it, like, before I was 18, I had become, yeah, the assistant manager of Melbourne Central. Um, the area manager and the manager I'm still very good friends with, they basically um, trusted me with this incredible, it was like the first door they'd opened in Kiki yeah. for Kiki K. It was very, like, um, important yeah. um, and I learned a lot. I was still an 18-year-old in Melbourne partying yeah. lots and, like, <laughs> doing lots of things. And yeah. um, But I was working full-time and I kept progressing. So I then became store manager of Little Collins Street again. So I was yeah. back at that store but running that store. Um, yeah. And I then – so – kind of a backstory um I was dancing classical ballet for most of my life up until I was about 16 um but they found that I had scoliosis so that's curvature of the spine yeah um and for uh for a while they kept saying I need to have surgery um and I kept pushing it off pushing it off and then it got to a point where I was just about I was 18 19 and I decided to go for it and you know I could take leave I could take you know all my yeah different leaves um because recovery could be up to six months it was a big deal wow. but it had to be done yeah wow. so I did it and, and was that I, um like was that made worse by your ballet is that um it, no I just no? They, they really do pick it up from ballet I think it's right. probably more yeah. noticeable because your posture is so like prominent yeah, important yeah that you can actually really see it yeah um and it was really bad like it was increasing a degree every year and Ooh, if I kept okay. going yeah yeah it was bad so I had the operation which was really intense it was you know back surgery so I had yeah. I have two steel rods and screws in my spine oh wow um, yeah it's a full thing and I while I was in recovery, I couldn't really walk. I had to learn how to walk again, but I could mm. sit and work. So I actually, um, yeah. very luckily enough, I was given the national uh, Christmas recruiter role for Kiki K. So I basically just oh, sat wow. in in my at home recovering whilst running the recruitment for all of the Christmas casuals for Australia and a wow. bit of New Zealand. Oh my goodness! And what a role! It was. Yeah, it was. It was a real, like, I really don't know how I did it because we were kind of just like, okay, let's just make the most of me. Um, But I was doing it from home. You know, there was none of this. Like, I'm pretty sure I used Nokia um, like as a work phone. Like, I was still, there was no iPhones. There was no, like, Zoom or, like, anything like that. So what year would have this been? This was, I'm looking at my notes now, 2009. 2009. So, um. Yeah, so I was doing that. Um, 
did all of that recruitment. It was amazing. Um, and, you know, I got to speak to everyone across Australia and New Zealand and it was really cool um, yeah. and working really closely with head office. I then was able to come back and um, I was an assistant store manager um, at, where was I? Chadston. So I came back as that and I was that was the number one store in the country and this was when uh if you're familiar with Melbourne Chadston is like you know the big um super um shopping center and this is when Apple had just come and opened up and we were next door to Apple so we had lots of it was such a beautiful big store and like it was Scandinavian it was like the height of like you know it was really beautiful store and a really amazing team and I learned from an amazing manager and it was just a really fun time in retail. And then they approached me and said, um, would you like to move to Singapore and open up stores for us over there? Whoa. And I I think I was. Oh, what an offering. <laughs> I was 19. Yeah. And they just, they just opened, they'd opened up this store in Ion. And Ion in Singapore was, is this ridiculous shopping center. It is like retail on steroids it was like luxurious and like just just next level yeah and so I was like yeah (laughs) I was going to be the store manager of that store and then I was going to help manage and run and open more stores in Singapore so I was like yeah I'll do it what else am I going to do I'm 19 (laughs) I've got no like nothing holding me back you've got so much ahead of you yeah Yeah. so I was like why not let's go move to another country (laughs) I I did that and so I moved there and um it was like baptism baptism and fire like it was really um I would never work so hard in my life like it was because I had nothing else my my auntie actually was living over there which is what really spurred this like oh why oh, wouldn't I yeah because she was um head of Phillips design and I was I was able to live with her luckily enough and yeah um we were a bit ships in the night because she would travel a lot but yeah I had my my at least I had someone there like a family member um yeah. and I was like okay this is my life now so yeah I was managing Ion, which had like it, I mean, it was this like, it was next door to Topshop. Topshop wasn't even Australia yet. It was like this whole world. It felt like I was at like the forefront of like the wide world of retail basically. Yeah. And, um, and I was running this store and this team of like so many different cultures and it was like this melting pot of so many different people and, um, experiences and I was I had a direct contact with like the owners of Kiki K because they would come through Singapore on their way to Sweden and like I really developed such an amazing relationship with the company although I already had but like they really nurtured me and the area manager who had offered me this role would visit and it was like she really took care of me and um I worked nonstop like I literally worked day and night every single day if I did have a day off like it was amazing I was like in Singapore I was like venturing around and doing all this stuff but I really worked so hard because we opened up two more stores um, one being at Changi Airport which is like the big airport of the world like you know connections to everywhere from Singapore so that learning how to run a store in that kind of airport was amazing we had did so much training and 
even just the logistics of opening a store like that is just crazy and like teaching huge teams and like <laughs> teaching people how to have conversations because customer service is so different and like you know yeah. there's cultural barriers and True. it's really fascinating and I like I was like this Australian girl working <laughs> in retail, which is unheard of. Like people would be like, what does your husband do? I'm like, no, it's just me. Like <laughs> a lot of people like, it, you know, the women that come over with their husbands, they yeah. like, they have this incredible life. Like expat life in Singapore is incredible. And I was very lucky. And I, um, I learned so much and, you know, I had, I was training the regional manager there so he could take over and he was this beautiful Malay man and he like, he was able to take over running that area for Kiki K. So by that time, it was time for me to come home. I'd had, I'd turned 21 over there. I'd come yeah. back to Australia for like a week. It was in my contract <laughs> that I could come back and have my 21st have and I partied for a week. <laughs> and then I went back and kind you of You wouldn't have known up. yourself after that. <laughs> no, I was, yeah, it was like this whole thing. And so I came back, you know, I'd left, you know, when I was 19, I came back as 21 year old and I was given um, the cluster manager role for Chadston Kiki K. So I was looking after like the David Jones, South Melbourne and Malvern stores. And, you know, that was incredible. Um, I then moved on to like the city cluster, which is taking care of Melbourne Central, Little Collins, David Jones, Burke Street. Like it was just, I really was at this pinnacle within Kiki K that I reached a point where I was like, I want to grow, but I don't want to be resentful of my time yeah. with them. I really loved my, it was like five years, five and a half years of being, yeah, yeah being with them. And I'd grown so much. so much and I was like, okay, I want to progress into fashion retail. And because I was in the city a lot, um, I saw on Burke Street, the sports girl Burke Street had this um, advertisement going that they were looking for an assistant store manager. And I was like, yeah, okay, that's kind of a step down, which it wasn't, yeah. <laughs> um, but I'll go for it and see what it's like. And yeah. I interviewed for it and I learned very quickly the hierarchy within, you know, the super flagship stores on Burke Street. And I was like, whoa, this role I want it because yeah it's it's my ticket into fashion retail kind of thing and I um I got it and so I was um and so how it works is there's two store managers and then underneath that is the assistant store manager and you basically run the floor um and the team and you have a floor manager as well but there's so there was a huge team and this is back when so this is like when was this 2012 yeah yeah 2012 so I was running, like, this is when Sports Girl Burke Street was, like, on steroids. Like, it yeah. was incredible visual merchandising. There was, like, we did these incredible, like, collaborations with different designers. This is back when, like, wow. it was just so cool. And the yeah. team that I had was, like, it was some of the best times because, the, you know, these are teenage girls working in retail. We had so much fun. Yeah. Um, and we worked so hard because – or the spotlight was on Burke Street. It was, you know, yeah, it was the place to be. And like I learned so much from that time and it was like running it was huge. Like yeah. it was just I kind of we had a huge stockroom, huge VM. Like it was 
it was so cool to actually learn all of this and like figure out this is exactly what I want to do and be in. Yeah. I want to be in fashion retail. This is incredible. Yeah. And I then um, went for the store manager of Chapel Street, Sports Girl, and I had my own store and that store was really close to head office. So I ran yeah. a really tight ship because we had to be. Um, yeah. And again, this is when Chapel Street was buzzing and like, it was really cool and that team, I mean, they were my family. Like yeah. I, it was probably some of the best time of my life being with them um, and some of which are my best friends to this day. And like we, we learned so much together and I think, um, yeah, it was a really special time. And then a big life thing happened. My I lost my best friend to suicide and it oh, really wow. it, sh- it shook my entire yeah. life basically. And I was 23. Yeah. Sorry to and hear so that. That's that, so sad. Yeah, it was it was really um a moment that kind of just shook me and yeah. I also at that time I then I was reached out this is like, I think early days of LinkedIn because a recruitment agency said they really wanted me to interview for this big Australian brand and they've got a role at Chadston and I was like who's the brand like mm. is this just like I didn't really understand you know poaching and recruitment at like that kind yeah. of recruitment before yeah and they said it was Country Road ah. and I was like oh <laughs> yeah okay absolutely like Chadston yeah. Country Road I would be crazy not to. Yeah. And so I interviewed for that and they were going for the women's wear department manager. So, you know, you know, country road, it's got women's, men's, kids and homewares. And so yeah. how the stores work is you have a manager for each section. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so I was like, yeah, I'm going to go for it. And I, I was very lucky to get it. And so yeah. I became the women's wear department manager of Chadston Country Road. Wow. And that was like that next step. Of, yeah that you're you know, really like it yeah. was yeah it was really cool and like you know we'd have head office visits all the time and be and you know big corporate visits as well because it's that the country road group and like it yeah. was it was such a learning experience because I also had a team of very varied aged you know retail workers that had either been there for like 15 years or a new yeah, wow. one up and coming so it was like really like pushing me to hone in on my managerial skills basically yeah um and I loved it I loved yeah. that store and that team and um I then was offered well, yeah I was told to go for the assistant manager of the Melbourne Central Country Road and that's where I think was probably my favorite time in Country Road I mean they all were I love my teams <laughs> yeah. um but the team there was like family like we had like my manager she was like oh we just did so much together and she was such an integral part of like my learning experience but also like we just were such a good team yeah and I was managing like I was sort of managing the women's wear manager who's one of my best friends now and we just ran this incredible store and you also looked after David Jones and Maya concessions and it was just it was such a good time and like we really um I'm really proud of what we did with that team because it was um it was so much fun but also uh we really worked our asses off like yeah so hard and um and then I was uh 
given my own store, which was the Lagon Street in Carlton, uh, the Lagon Street uh, Country Road. And that was beautiful. It was like a new refurbished store because, yeah. you know, this is when Chadston and Melbourne Central were pretty old, but they were still like the number one and yeah. two stores. But yeah. it was like a brand new store. It was beautiful. And like yeah, I had my own team. Fresh. Yeah, it was yeah. beautiful. And it was just down the road from me. I lived on Ligon Street at that oh, time. Perfect. So I was like loving life. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, I had such a beautiful, loving team like we went through so much together um and yeah it was really a special time and I reached a point where I had also uh just met my partner Josh yeah who you're with now sorry yes who I'm with now and um we were hitting it off and yeah uh, we also he he was um opening a bar in Footscray, oh, wow. so in the west and i came in when they were still sort of in project management stage they had the place and everything but um i came in and i kind of just started helping him project manage it and get it set up and it was kind of this we just like didn't leave each other's sides like constantly because yeah. it was just kind of this weird time where he was opening this incredible like this really cool business yeah and I was able to help I was you know managing a really great store but like I was able to just come and help him on weekends or after work and things like that and um and then it became really like a huge project like opening a bar was like whoa (laughs) yeah so much to do and and quite different to what you're probably used to the scene yeah yeah like I knew how to like recruit I knew how to manage teams but like hospitality I know nothing different neither did he because he's from um radio so like yeah we were like we have no idea what we were doing (laughs) and why um, was why was he doing that it was just something a dream of his yeah, so he'd um, left radio and, yeah, he was like, what am I going to do with my life? This is before I met him, but yeah. he was like, yeah, I'm I'm going to do this. And I was like, this is cool. Like, yeah. I can really see this being something. Yeah. And he he did amazing things and was doing that and I was helping and it became all-consuming. At one point we were actually living in the like sleeping in the, in the <laughs> bar and like yeah. as it was being built and being woken up by a truck. 80s and I was, <laughs> I was going to work and and I was like I can't keep going back because it was in the west and I was yeah. like I can't keep going back to Carlton every time and I'm gonna move to the west but like I probably should look for a job at like High Point or something just to be closer even it's, it's not even that far but like yeah it's you know it would just make sense and so you're very so serious I, then you were serious yeah, in your relationship we were in. Those, yeah, yeah those yeah. it was we were yeah. all in um yeah. and so I then I had my friend so next door to Country Road on Lagos Street was Sports Girl and my best friend was managing that store and she's like there's actually a position available at High Point to manage that store and I was like, oh, okay, I love Sports Girl. I, you know, I don't burn bridges. I always, like, I love the brands I worked for. So, yeah, I'm going to see if it's something I want or can yeah. actually apply for. And so, yeah, I applied for that, got store manager of High Point, and I moved to the West and I left Country Road. And that was sad because I really, um, I really love Country Road and I 
always will. Yeah. Um, and then with Sports Girl, it was like coming home. Like I just yeah. knew it so well and still. And I was like, okay, this is cool. I've got this beautiful, like this team that I can really nurture and like, you know, I love my teams and I love um, I, my big thing is like I really love um, growing their, yeah. um, I guess, pathways and like yeah. really training them up to then them to progress. Because you probably and relate so, to that in like when you yeah, were young. because like... someone did that for me so I want to be that person. So yeah. I really loved that part of managing, managing things, managing things, managing teams. Yeah. And um, so – that team was really great and it was around the time when we were opening up this bar. Um, it was like, it was a lot happening. Um, but it was, it was so, it's such a really fun time because, um, I was sort of like in, I was really settled. Like I wasn't in like, I wasn't wanting to really climb into bigger retail shoes. I just wanted to chill out for a bit and just manage a team, grow that team and like, you know, do well, hit KPIs, yeah. do all this sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and then the bar opened and that was like, you know, oh, that was all consuming. Yeah, but. And we then decided <laughs> to have a baby. Yeah. And, um, and I think that was kind of like a, <laughs> why not? Let's just, yeah. you know, because we, we, we really wanted to, yeah, we didn't, we, like, we never really wanted to get married. We yeah. knew that this was forever, but yeah. we were like, okay, let's have a baby because yeah. I think we're ready. I was ready. And so, yeah, I got pregnant. And how, can um, I ask how old, like, how old were you and how old was the relationship? And- I was, so I think we were like two years in. Yeah. Um. So it was 2018. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was, how old was I? Like 29? Because I yeah. turned 30. Did I turn 30? <laughs> no, I turned, <laughs> I was 28. I turned 29 like a month after having Alia. So yeah, I got pregnant and I was very sick. So this was my first experience of hyperemesis gravidarum. So I was, yeah. I didn't know what it was at the time, um, but I was so sick to the point that I would go to work and just be in the back room, just vomiting and just being so sick. And my team really saw firsthand just how bad it was. Like, I don't know how I went to work. So I I took a lot of time off because I literally just couldn't get out of bed. I don't know what was wrong with me. I said to my manager, like, I was like, I, I, I feel like I'm, I had like a breakdown basically because yeah. I was like, I don't know if I'm hurting the baby. I'm yeah. really sick. I can't function. I, this isn't normal. Yeah. And that's when I finally got diagnosed with HG. Mm. Did and you tell, like, did you tell your team like quite early that you were? So pregnant? early. Because so, you just felt like you had to? Yeah. Like I yeah. think I had like two weeks where I was normal. And then the weekend, I remember it so vividly. I was working the weekend. It was really busy. And I was just so sick. And I said, look, I've got gastro or something. I'm just going to go home. Yeah. And I was like, this is, I can't hide this. Like I'm so, I was vomiting like in the back room in front of yeah. all my it just isn't, this isn't normal. I can't hide it. So I think it was like six, seven weeks I told them. Yeah. Um, Which they were that's still so pretty excited. far, like not far in, but like yeah. in the scheme of it, things. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I probably hid it for like three weeks. 
Yeah, um, which would have been hard. That would have been hard. It was so hard because I like, was really. Sick. I didn't have HD or anything, but I just remember like I just had the classic first trimester sickness, and yeah. I still remember thinking like, "Thank God I don't have a job to actually go to because I can work from home." Because I could not function. Like I just felt so yeah just yuck yeah. and sick and it was so obvious I, I I couldn't hide it and I kept thinking like yeah. oh my god people who feel sick they have to go to work and do all the like the day-to-day I mean, I things how I was like on the shop floor like it's this wow. is customer facing stuff like yeah I I couldn't I was really like doing as much as I possibly my assistant manager at the time was taking on so much um and she knew she was one of the first people like I actually we'd done a stock take at another store and she was like um I was like I'm so tired like I've done stock takes for like 10 years like why why am I so tired from this one this isn't even big and like she's like maybe you're pregnant and I was like maybe and I did the test and I was like holy shit I'm pregnant yeah and were Um, you trying yeah we were were trying trying. yeah Um, no no we didn't try for long because that's why I was like whoa okay that was quick and um I was so sick that I had to tell them and they were so amazing like um, I had to get a lot of like doctor um, certificates just to say that I can't do certain things because I was so sick yeah. and just, you know, they were just making sure that I wasn't put into any like position that would be, you know, detrimental or harmful to me and the baby because yeah. they didn't know how to handle this because I was yeah. just debilitatingly sick. And somehow I continued to work up until August and I say work, like I worked, I mean, I was working really hard, but yeah, I was vomiting into the garbage bin, like between doing rosters and my team were like witnessing this and they were like, they were so excited because I was pregnant, yeah. but they were also really like, this is, this is crazy. I think I, and a lot of them are so young. They were like scarred because yeah. like, <laughs> this happens. But um, they were so, I was very lucky because that team was so supportive. Yeah. Um, and my manager and head office were very like, they were so amazing. That's nice. And so I finally, I think, yeah, August, I finally took mat leave and I was just, I was at breaking point because I was just, I'd spent, yeah, eight months just vomiting and yeah. I just, it was just shocking and no medication could help. It was just, you yeah, tried all it was things. a really all the things and yeah um during this time because I was so sick I was like trying to get ready for this baby to have a baby yeah as a first time mom I was so sick that it took all the fun out of it and I was online looking for all the and I was on Pinterest and I was looking at all the things I wanted yeah and at the time you know boho was really big and you know yeah boho baby stuff and there was yeah. a couple of big baby stores online but they were very tailored to not my style and I was yeah. really like I love like that Scandinavian minimalist style and yeah. Yeah. um I was finding all of these products in different websites overseas or different brands, little, little brands in Australia. Yeah. And I kept thinking, I really, I really wish it was all in one the place. And place. I, I remember saying this to Josh and he's like, create your own. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> How am I going to do this? And it kind of planted the seed because I was like, oh yeah. I kind of was like thinking, yeah, I'd call it like big little things and I'd 
do all this stuff. And this is while I was, I was lying, you know, yeah. on the couch, vomiting, feeling sick, going, this is never going to happen. Where did big little things come from? Was that just like a real like, quick know. thought? It was such happened. a quick thought. It yeah. was like, you know, big little something. And then I was like, oh, yeah, things. Like it's basically it's That's exactly big, what it is, little isn't it? Things. Yeah. <laughs> big and little things. Yeah, yeah I love on yeah. your website how you have like the big things and then, yeah, the little yeah. things. I, That's it what makes I thought. So much I was like, sense. Yeah, it really did. And I also coming from like that retail background, I was like, you know, I really want to make an an experience of it. Like online shopping was not really that unboxing was not really a thing. Like it was, it wasn't that What the year was this then? This was 2018. 2018. Yeah. I was like, like just starting to get into that world, isn't it? That Yes. The influencers were coming up with their unboxing and it was kind of yeah. like this, it was on the precipice kind of thing. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I just feel like I really want to do something that's like, you know, when you even buy something for yourself, it's not just like a, you know, oh, here's your your order. It was like, yes. this is what is so exciting because, yes. you know, I was buying for my baby and, and for was me. So and I so excited. Yeah. And yeah. why isn't that experience coming through to that? you know, when you get that order. Exactly. And people buy experiences. A lot of the time people like businesses kind of need to not look past the fact that it's the actual buying experience people want, not just the actual product. Like, because it is this feel good, exciting thing to be like, there's a present coming for me in the mail. Like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, that whole thing was like, it was really about like, how can I make that online experience the same as walking into a beautiful retail store that has a world-class customer service. So yeah, which you were very in tune with. I was really into and that kind of, but then like, you know, I had Alia, it was, um, I had planned on a hospital birth, but it ended up being a spontaneous home birth. Oh, really? So quickly. Yeah. yeah. Can we talk about that? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Going back, did you do much progress like with big big little little things things? in that? I wrote a business. Yeah. I wrote a business plan. I wrote down every single brand I would want to stock. Yeah. And it was basically my shopping list. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I literally was like, this is what I'm, you know, going to get. This is who I would have. And I kind of had like, this is the, like the start. I had this whole like Pinterest board of like retail stores, but I kept saying it in my mind, imagine this as an online store. Yeah. And it kind of was like a weird thing because it was, I just never had seen anything like that. Like, yeah, it was just an interesting, I remember looking back going, yeah, wow. I, it was interesting how I thought like that because yeah. I don't know how it then progressed to how it is. I mean, I do, but like, it was just an yeah. interesting um, sort of way to look at it, I guess. Yeah. And I basically parked it. I was like, yep, cool, whatever. You're um, obviously expecting a baby. I mean, you're. I was, yeah. And I was going to go back to my role at Sports Girl. I was going to take a year off. Yeah. Um, that was your two. plans. That was your yeah. plan. Yeah. Yeah. So you got, yeah I wanted to be a mum. And- yeah. yeah. I had a maternity leave. I was, you know, we'd kind of planned for hopefully I would be able to take at least a year off. Um, yeah. And we'll see how we go. And yeah. um, that was my main focus. And I knew that I would be able to go back to Sports Girl and yeah. you know, continue on if I wanted yeah. to. But I remember my last day actually at Sports Girl and, you know, it was, you know, it was really like emotional because it was yeah. like, you know, the last, it was, it, you know, we talked about this before, like yeah. it was my career life 
and yeah. I was saying goodbye to it almost. It felt like yes. I was stepping into this new role and it was a real moment of going, whoa, okay. Like that's this, kind of like that was, sign that off and Yeah, it was later. my entire world. Like I was yeah. a workaholic yeah. and I lived and breathed it. Like yeah. every single day. My team was my babies. They were my family and yeah. I – like I knew so much about everyone and every team that I've managed, I've really adored and yeah. really cared for as much as I'm also a very intimidating manager, apparently. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I'm tough love. Like yeah, yeah. I have very high standards, but yes. I, I really also very much care for my people. And yeah. so saying goodbye to them was like, wow, this is, I've just imagined all my teams in my mind. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm stepping into this whole new world, new world. of motherhood and I have no and idea because what to expect. The reality is you can go back to work, but work life will never be 100% but I of also your remember thinking, anymore. Like, well, I actually thought like, I don't think I'm coming back. Yeah, you like, thought that. Which is funny in hindsight because I, I do actually come back. But I, yeah. I was like, I don't think I can come back. I think, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, I I remember thinking I've got this, you know, business plan in place that can be back up maybe as a side project or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But then, yeah, so I had Alia. Yeah, tell me about the, and the so, situation. I'd yeah. love to <laughs> <laughs> it was really quick, really. Um, yeah, yeah. So I had a private midwife. That was always the plan because I wanted to, I'd done, we've done like calm birthing. I was really wanting to have a water birth, the women's and, um, yeah. you know, I, I, I don't know why I chose hospital birth though, because I hate hospitals. I just, yeah. I was very traumatized by my experience with losing my best friend and also yeah. my back surgery. And I just was like, I don't like hospitals. Why it wasn't a good yeah, yeah <laughs> it true. just didn't make sense in yeah. hindsight this all was meant to be so yeah um everything was fine I knew I was going to labor at home and then we'll eventually go we had everything ready um and the best thing about having this private midwife is they actually they are they do home births that's what they're known for oh cool they did so, actually yeah. say to me like are you sure you don't want to do a home birth and I was like, no, no, like I actually yeah. was more worried about my HG. So I didn't know how yeah. vomiting constantly would actually affect the birth. I the was birth. very much in the dark. Yeah. I was like, And oh, how are you feeling with HG oh, at this time? Like still just shocking. as bad. I was, yeah. I was death. Like I was gray. I was, I was barely functioning. I was mm. like crawling to the finishing line and I was just yeah. like, just I was just looking forward to birth because I was yeah. like it'll be over. Did you have is... any level of like time to be excited about the baby that you were gonna meet? Not really. Not really. Yeah. I I really I I've never experienced a great pregnancy, so yeah. I I don't know what that feels like. Yeah, um, but I do know how amazing my I have experienced amazing births. So I think so that's nice. Yeah, it's really I'm very lucky because I mean. I talk to women almost every day who ha don't have that. They have a horrible HG pregnancy and then have birth trauma. And that's just like the I'm whole very experience lucky. is just overall. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Traumatic. And yeah. I think it was sort of a healing experience and it was very meant to be because yeah. I went into labor. Like, um, I think I started probably feeling like, cause baths were my safe space. So I was in the bath at like, 
6 a.m. because I'm yeah. like, oh, I feel like a little bit weird and maybe I'm just going to vomit or something. <laughs> um, so I just got into the bar and then it started to, I didn't you know, have my calm birth stuff on. I was like, whoa, okay, stuff's really happening. Yeah. And this is like at 8 a.m. Josh like, you know, walks in sleepily and I'm in the bath like doing deep breathing and he's like, good morning. And I was like, we're having a baby. <laughs> and he's like, what <laughs> good morning good um, morning and I was like and I instantly had this like I need to get out of the bath and then from as yeah. soon as like I've probably like nine or ten yeah I like crawled to our bedroom and it wasn't even that far like it was one level and I I that walk to the bedroom was like holy moly like I can't this is happening and yeah. I was in the, I was on the bed and I was, you know, had the TENS machine and I was like doing all my breaths and I was like, we're not going to hospital because the thought yeah. of getting into the car, driving to the hospital, even though it was like 20 minutes away, I was like, I, God, it, she's going to come. Like I know yeah. that I can't get into that car. Yeah. And Josh was all ready to go. He had the car <laughs> around the front. He had the dog out the back and like, you know, we were just like, he's like, okay, I'm ready to go. I'm like, nah, we're not going. I'm having the baby here. And he's like, Right. Okay. He feel about that. <laughs> wife going, hey, so um, Yannicka doesn't want to go to hospital. She thinks she's going to have the baby any, like, any time Any now. minute, she's like, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, sure. I'll be there soon. And um, she got there as she was crowning. <gasps> so Josh was like, he was ready. Like he was like ready to deliver the baby. And yeah. she came and he was like, oh, thank God. Like, okay, cool. <laughs> And because it was suddenly a spontaneous home birth, she had to call a second midwife who had all the stuff, you know, normally that you would have ready to go if you had a planned home birth. Yeah. But they was, I mean, I don't know any of this because this I knew, they told me afterwards because I was in it. Like I was yeah. just in the zone and I just knew that. She, and then, yeah, within the hour she was born. Oh, and I think it was like a four-hour labor birth so yeah it was fast for a first one yeah and it was like really like a bit of a shock because I was like whoa okay I was gearing up for a marathon and I was like yeah. oh crap I've got a baby now and it was oh my goodness it was amazing though because yeah. it was exactly what needed to happen I I'm so glad we didn't go to hospital yeah um yeah it was just perfect and it really paved yeah. the way for my second and yeah. So yeah, we had Alia and um that was in September and yeah. it was amazing. And, yeah, and did I the mean, HG subside straight away? Yeah. Yes, it did. Um my yeah. my midwife literally said it was like a cloud. Like I I literally my my skin wasn't gray anymore. Like I was wow. just you know, once that placenta was birthed, it did go away. And I was like on cloud nine, that adrenaline and everything. And then six yeah. months later, I just crashed yeah. because I hadn't prepared for postpartum. Postpartum wasn't a buzzword like it is now, yeah. which is amazing. Yeah. But like, I just didn't plan it. I yeah. literally had no support. Um, I didn't, I just... I just winged it. I just thought yeah. I, I can walk now. I can go outside. I like hit the ground running. You know when yeah. you're on that adrenaline rush, 
yes, you're sleep deprived, but like I wasn't yeah. sick anymore. Yeah. So I was like, pu- I pushed myself. Probably throughout your whole pregnancy thinking like, when I've had this baby, I'm going to feel so much better. I'm going to have that baby. And yeah. like that and that's was your postpartum in your mind. Well, yeah. Like it was literally HG will be over and that's yeah. postpartum. And yeah. I, everyone in like the HG community at the time, like that literally was like, once the placenta's out, HG's over and you're human again. And you're and just I looking thought, forward cool. to that. Yeah. And I did and I loved it, but I crashed really hard. Yeah. And that that postnatal depletion was next level because Mm. I'd gone in so depleted. Like when you think about it and knowing what I know now, of course I crashed. I was like, I'd gone into birth with like negative stores. Like I had no, nothing in me. So Yeah. I was, I was literally, I don't know how I got through to six months, to be honest, because I was like living off like fumes because like, <laughs> I didn't know. I was like, yeah. you know, that flight or flight, what is it? The fight or flight. flight. Yeah. Flight. yeah. And I, yeah, it really hit me hard. And I remember thinking, okay, I just, I mean, I just pulled it together and really just sort of took it easier for a little bit but probably not as much as I probably should have um but I did so I like with around so this was end of 2018 I it was September when I gave birth to um to Alia and then the within her first year I knew that I wanted to start my own business so yeah I knew that I wanted to be able to create something. I think we all do this when we have a baby, but want to create something that I can work, but also yeah, mom. Yeah, and, it's a very you know, common story and it's one yeah. that I'm like, I'm so obsessed I, with. I really don't. I it's a, I don't recommend it. I think <laughs> yeah. I think we go, you know, there's always these, you know, brands that get started when you've just had a baby. And I think it's cuz you're like having this existential like crisis and you're just like, <laughs> who am I? Yes. And you know, you're in the yes. baby world and everything, you know, um and you've but, kind of got this weird pause like because you are yeah. so consumed beforehand in your career and like what you're doing with your like yeah work mm-hmm. you have you're given this break it's kind of it's not a break but it's like this break from work so yeah, it's kind of like, like okay but what do I what want is to work do with now? my brain like yeah. I want to where is that part of me is it still yes. there and I think I didn't want to lose myself and I really felt like I did and I was like, well, I have this idea and yeah. I, I think I'm going to do it because there was times where I was walking down the street and someone would like literally cross the road and be like, where did you get that baby bag from? Or where did you get this from? Yes. And people were really commenting on the things that I had bought earlier and what I was using yeah. and the brands that I loved and things like that. And, I was, and Josh kept saying, you got to open that store. Like, yeah, it's a thing. Yeah. And he really pushed me and I was like, yeah, okay, <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> and so I really honed in on that business uh, plan Yeah, and fleshed it out more. And I just got to researching and planning. And so like from like, she must've been like six. Yeah. It would have been around the six month mark or eight month mark. She, I'd really, st- I'd really fleshed it all out. I had a designer, like I knew what the, I needed to do the graphic yeah. design and really build out that brand. I yeah. knew I wanted to, what the website to look like. So I got a uh, website designer who I still work with to this day. Yeah. That makes I, me, like, I think I, I can see like, cause I'm a website brand designer and I can mm. see 
straight away that you've invested well into your brand and that would have paid off quite early. Yeah, it was a huge investment. And yeah. I was like, I just knew that I I knew the vision that I wanted and yeah. I, I knew my skills and I am a creative person. I'm yeah. pretty good at that, but I wanted someone to like take my vision and turn it into something. And yeah. they did. And it, I mean, it cost a lot of money. It was a yeah. big investment. And I did stupidly started take my I took my own photos to start with yeah. and within like a month of doing that I was like no nah, I need to get professional photography done yeah and that's when I found Alicia or she found me and we just clicked and yeah. I've got, she's my photographer from I say day one because yeah that's basically when big little things just became its own yeah. we created something that was it was big little things and yeah. Um, I remember launching Alia was, we, I, yeah, I'd turned 30, she'd turned one yeah, and, um, we'd gone, we had took a, a holiday, um, to Cabarita for like a week or two. And I knew when I was coming back, I was launching, it was like a sort of like a baby moon, but for my business. So I was yeah. like, when I come back, it's, it's game on, like it's, it's, yeah. it's launching. And this was just out of our <laughs> garage. That. Um, yeah, I'd had all of this like packaging I designed meticulously with the designer. Like I was so my, I'm such a perfectionist. And I think yeah. we went through like six, I spent so much money on samples and like yeah. making sure that everything was right. The whole experience of unboxing was like, I love your focus like, on every, this. Yeah, yeah. It was a really huge thing. Yeah. And like working with the website and like Jared, like we went back and forth, like, this is what I want. This is like how we're going to use it. And, um, and like the brands, like I remember a couple of months, like, well, I think it was like three or four months earlier. I'd like emailed every single brand on my list, like yes. I individually, and, and I, how did that make you feel? Were you nervous about like rejection? Were you like quite You know confident? what? I, I'm more, yeah, I don't think I was oddly confident because yeah. what do I have to lose? They can yeah. say no and that's fine. Yeah. And honestly, I was expecting no's or yeah. I was like, if I have at least three brands that I can stock, cool. Like, and yeah. then 90% of them said yes. How good is that? I, and I, most of them I still stock to this day. Yeah, because and, and I, I, I ask that question because I feel like yeah. I'm in quite a similar position at the moment because obviously yeah, I'm just sure, started this podcast. Yeah. And I felt the same way. Like at the start, I'm like, I just have to put myself out there and accept that people aren't yep. going to reply and some will and like we'll go from there. And it is yeah, this and like I feeling of like sometimes you're like super confident, sometimes you're like, yeah. oh, actually. <laughs> yeah. Right and yeah. I, I was very, I think the thing that made me confident was that I knew the vision that I was creating. Yeah. I had a whole lookbook, a whole like this is what I, and I really, my biggest thing was, and this is probably my experience prior, was yeah. that I really care about the brands and the products that I would want to stock. Yeah. Like I know their, I know about them. I've used them. I, yeah. and I love them. And also I want to hold them very lovingly in our yeah. offering and as part of the big little things family. And I, I still yes. talk about it like this to this day. Like if you're part of big little things, you're part of the family and you're part of the collection and offering that I very meticulously want to you know, portray to everyone who, yeah. you know, comes past us. So yeah. I I think I led with that and also really sort of showcased exactly what I envisioned for Big Little Things. And when I look back at that, I'm like, well, 
yeah, I'm, I really was so open and confident because I knew that I had nothing to lose. Yeah. And if they did come on board, I knew I had a lot I'd hold, I held myself at such a high standard that I have to do well by these brands. And some of these brands were just starting out. Like they had just sort of come onto the scene and it was around the time where we started seeing a lot of that minimalist baby stuff coming through to Australian brands. And I was just loving it. Like loving it. Started and like you know all these different brands I was like this is what I this is the brand this is what I want to create I yeah. you know I know there's a place for bright and colorful and I yeah. you know yeah. you know we all have that but I want beautiful things for mums and babies and yeah I brought it to Australia and some of the brands like hadn't been available and it was really important to me to be able to make it accessible yeah um and so Basically, I put together this like lookbook for every single order that went out. So yeah. I created like these are the brands. This is why I stock them. And every single, if you got one of our first, you know, delivery like orders, like you would have got one of those. And um, I also sent out like 30 um, boxes, like gifts to just all these people, not just influencers, yeah, mums that had like reached out to me and were supporting from like literally like from the first Instagram wow. post I did. And they're still my very close friends to this day and very loyal as well. Yeah. And I sent like so cool. all of these, like just very much when gifting wasn't really a thing. And I very much was like, I just want you to experience big little things. You don't have, there's no expectation. And yeah. I, I still like, I really push this. I never ever expect anyone to post anything about us. But if yeah. you if they do, it means more because they've obviously seen something that they love. And yeah. every single person that I sent out gifts to posted on Instagram and it was crazy. Like yeah. the it, it just like it the launch was amazing. Um it really hit me like whoa yeah this is happening like this is actually not a side project anymore <laughs> and I was like okay let's not get too far ahead of ourselves and launch whatever I knew this was yeah. a long game kind of thing yeah and um I was stocking the Levo rocker and yes. we were sending out I think probably like 40 to 50 rockers per month wow and that's like, a lot of rockers like, wow one a day kind of thing yeah it was yeah. hectic and um there was lots of things happening. Like this was out of our garage. I was very like, I'm going back to work soon. I think like I thought about it, but I was like, maybe I'm not like, I don't know what's going on. And so now this was 2019. So we launched, uh, end of 2019. Um, and you know, four or five months later, um, and also we were running a bar at this time too. So bar Josh out. was like running, like, you know, working till like 2am every night and, wow. you know, it was, it was a time. I would like to interrupt this episode for a quick word from our sponsor. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> All right, guys, I want to ask you a question. Are you currently running a 
creative business or maybe you're even starting one. This could be anything from selling products to being a photographer, an influencer, a graphic designer, copywriter, maybe you're an event planner, virtual assistant, maybe you're a coach. Who knows? There's plenty more things you could be, but I would love you to know about Found Legal. If you haven't heard of it before, you can thank me later. This is definitely something that needs to be on your list to Google next. Riz from Found Legal is an absolute wizard. She sells the most incredible templates to cover your business and keep it legally legit. I have used Found Legal's templates in the past for my graphic design business and it does certainly make me feel a lot more safe and happy knowing that everything is legally legit in the background. It's as simple as purchasing, updating those documents with your details and start implementing them. If legal templates sound like something you need yesterday for your business, jump onto our website and even use the code EBBY to get 15% off her templates and this is also a fantastic way to support this podcast if you also enjoy it as we get a little kickback too links are in the show notes if you would like to take a look and we yeah. had this little baby yeah and, tell me about that did you how did you go with like motherhood and like obviously you said you like crashed at six months but like how did you juggle where did you find the time to build your business I literally ran big little things in the early days I was pulling like yeah Alia would, I was, she was not in care. She was with me. So in her nap times um, and at night. So I literally would put her down to sleep and I would work until like 2, 3 a.m. every single night. I ran the business. So I I would pack orders at night to go out the next morning. And like I would do, I I was nocturnal basically. (laughs) Like I I worked, (laughs) my like nine to five was like, you know, six or seven till, yeah, three a.m. I can relate to this so much because I feel like I'm not that late, but like at the moment my work hours are from like, yeah, like 8 p.m. to like 12.30. Because you're, you're, I mean, it, it was within like she was one. Yeah. And so she was walking and it was like, I was, I had to just switch off business brain whilst During I was the day. with her. Yeah. But also nurturing a business that's growing through, you know, Instagram and on the website and through, you know, very like my mark, I had no real marketing plan. Yeah. Um, and I was just sort of winging it and it yeah. was working. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) And, and what I was doing, people were loving, but I literally ran that business at night and between naps. And, um, it was obviously not sustainable because I was so tired, but I was like, I was just trying to keep up with the, do you feel like you were also running on somewhat adrenaline? Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I was, I, I really, that burnout, I definitely felt later on yeah but I it but then like you know we were running this business as well that um you know mine was like you know running from home it was big but our bar was just like it was taking up so much of our lives um and was another whole thing and then COVID happened yeah and (laughs) both our industries um 
So I actually was going to return to Sports Girl um, yeah. in 2019. So around April, I was going to return. That was yeah. the plan. Um, but obviously. And childcare, were you just going to do childcare? Yeah, we were yeah. going to put Alia in care. So that was going to be yeah. a thing. Um, I was going to return to retail and just have big little things on the side. Even though in hindsight, I was like, I don't know how I would have juggled them both actually. Yeah. But then the world basically shut down. Shut down. So yeah. I started hearing things happening with the brands in October. Yeah. Um, and because, like, that's when stuff ha- started happening in China and there was a yeah. few things affecting stock and things like that. And I was like, this is weird. Like, something's happening. And then it really started to affect everyone, like, in February yeah. and then March. And then um, our – everything just just changed because like we're yeah. in Melbourne so yeah. our lockdowns started and it was um it rocked our both our industries so yeah obviously our bar was shut, shut down. down basically and um it didn't reopen for like a year wow um, and that really affected we were just like just treading water meanwhile um, I was not going to return to sports school because the yeah. store was closed. Close. I did go back a bit for like a month when they were still kind of had retail open. It was a very scary time because, yeah. you know, everyone was very anxious. It was, yeah, it was like, kind of, if you, you know, go out into the outside world, you might come bring something home. Yeah. yeah. And, and we were customer facing, like we actually held lots of abuse was held at us. Like wow. I was really trying to nurture this team that were so scared because yeah. of how customers were talking and treating them and everyone was scared and it was like it was really hitting hard and we were like really scared that we were going to lose the business and money and yeah um meanwhile online went absolutely nuts and (laughs) I was like holy on my I like I actually hired people from sports girl to help me with big little things Yeah. yeah because I was like I need help and then it just exploded and I I Wow. It was kind of like we, it was two things. We were experiencing the loss of what happened with hospitality and that affecting our business, whilst also online and this business of mine just going gangbusters. Wow. And it was was also the time where so many, I was talking to so many pregnant people, and especially in Melbourne, who were experiencing all the hurdles that happened with um hospitals and birthing Mm. and it was it was just so much emotion and so I made the decision to I needed to move out of the garage and I took up this lease with this big warehouse and it was a really big moment because it was like well this is this we're growing the business um it was mainly just kind of like a not a band-aid but it was kind of like I just need space yeah so let's just sign on to this lease yeah and see just how it get goes. going yeah. yeah and it was you know it was crazy like I was so it was such a blur because it was so um Melbourne was hard during those times we had yeah. a almost two-year-old so she was one and one and um we were locked down we were in our homes and I was able to go to work 
because it was work, but that was it. And yeah. Yeah. Um, trying to, she couldn't go to daycare because daycares kept closing and then yeah. they were closed permanently. Yeah. Um, and we couldn't see family, friends. We were very isolated we were in our bubble and we're raising this little girl. Yeah. And um, whilst trying to run this business <clears throat> and yeah. um, it was busy and there was yeah. so much happening. I remember really talking, I really really uh, grew the relationships with the brand because I was speaking to all of these women that were expecting their babies and yeah. didn't know what was going on and baby showers were cancelled. Yeah. I did a big thing about um, virtual baby showers and that yeah. was a huge thing. Like we, you know, we sent out lots and lots of gifts for people to like our gifting and everything just went crazy. And yeah, it was like a, it was a, big thing and it was kind of a, it's kind of a blur now because yeah. we were just like treading water like I said we just were trying to figure out like what I was, was going on nobody knew what business. was going on yeah no one did yeah and Melbourne was really dark it was it was yeah. pretty hard and there was so much happening and we were experiencing obviously what happened with hospitality and um you know brick and mortar retail um yeah. you know it was just it was it was a really crazy time and we were very fortunate that Big Little Things was doing so well. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't, you know, it would have been really scary. But yeah, basically, I just worked like mad yeah. and I had my my beautiful um, two people working for me that were just like, they're my best friends, but they also, I've been their manager. So we yeah. worked so well together. Yeah, and they're they, already used to that kind of dynamic with yeah, you. Yeah. 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 Um, and so we just sort of did it. Yeah. <laughs> there were so many things happening. Like there was so much delay with stocks. Like yeah. I, I'm still traumatized by like pre-orders for like this Raduga Grez and like just so many different things that were just like <laughs> learning curves. Like, okay, don't do that again. Okay, do this again. Order more of this. Do this. Yeah. And like it was just a time. Yeah. And then – we came out of that into 2021 and I needed to end the lease um, on where we were. And yeah. so I was like, okay, what do I want to do? Um, we yeah. actually decided to have another baby. Yeah. Um, and I was like a bit nervous because of HG and how that affected. And I was like, I wonder yes. how bad it's, I mean, we basically planned for the worst and hoped for the best with that. Is and it I known, knew, is it, sorry, is it a known thing? If you have yeah. HG once, you're definitely going to have it again. Yeah, There's no like. 80, yeah, it's an 80% chance. So yeah. you basically will. It's more common to have it again than not. But yeah. if you're lucky and, have, and don't have it again, then that's incredible. I'm so happy for you. But yeah. it is, yeah, it's definitely a thing. Yeah. And so I had a really good team going and I was like, okay, I think I can do this. I'll, you know, I set up, you know, all these plans of how to sort of run the business if I was, you know, sick yeah. and couldn't do it. Yeah. And um, we were still at the warehouse um and I we found out very like really soon after we decided to try because I was I was sick almost instantly Ugh. I think I was like two weeks two three weeks pregnant how did that make um, you feel knowing that you had that whole nine months ahead of you it was like, really emotional yeah I was it was like it hit me like whoa okay we're doing yeah. this again and this time I have a toddler <laughs> yes a yeah. And, um, and running a business and I, nothing could, could, could prepare me what was to come because 
this pregnancy was so bad. It was yeah. um, the worst. It, I mean, I thought Alia's pregnancy was bad and this one was like tenfold. Oh, my gosh. Um, and I really – Kate, I have two the two Kates that were working for me at the time. Yeah, um, they ran the business for me basically. Yeah. Um and because I was literally, like, I was in bed. I couldn't function. I was so sick. I was like, you know, so many things happened. I had, you know, I was vomiting blood because I, you know, damaged my throat. I oh was um, so sick that I. Um, yeah, I then developed pups, which is like a rash. I developed that really early on, like 23 oh. or 24 weeks. So I was oh. just like scratching my body to oblivion whilst vomiting my absolute, you know, everything. And yeah. I was just, I was just such so, in a dark place and I was doing yeah. the bare minimum. And I was like, I'm going to lose the business because I'm barely uh, present like I'm, yeah. I'm not doing any kind of marketing like I'm just like so if I if this business survives this then great but if it doesn't yeah. I'm not surprised yeah and wow that would have been um, really hard yeah I really it was hard. a dark time yeah I also decided to share that with everyone yeah um so obviously I shared my pregnancy um, that I was pregnant but then I also said you know to be real like I'm going to have HG. I mean, I do have HG and this is the reality of it. And I basically shared that with everyone. Yeah. And at the time I developed a really, so going back to when I first started Big Little Things, mm. I developed a relationship with Caitlin from Hypermesis Australia, um, yeah. which is the only charity that um, supports um, HG sufferers and survivors. And yeah. um, I decided very early on that we would donate 5% of our profits to that. to the charity wow cool and so that relationship was from day one yeah um, because I wanted to give back to something that obviously meant something in the first pregnancy yeah but with this next one Caitlin was like she was such a huge support to me yeah um and you know we grew very close because she messaged me every single week just yeah. to keep me going because she understood I guess and my I used like the same midwife team yeah um, and so they were very supportive of that and I knew I wanted a home birth again yeah um so I had all these things in place in terms of supporting and managing my HG but no one could prepare us for how bad it was so I was anemic within like the first I think second trimester oh yeah the first trimester second trimester yeah um <clears throat> I had pups I then um towards like the third the start of the third trimester I fractured my ribs vomiting <gasps> so they were like you're gonna go into labor with fractured ribs um oh, my it was like it was like literally everything kept happening and I was like I just laughed because I was like yeah. hey, what else like seriously what else is gonna happen yeah and um it just it was I my mental health really took a battering because I felt like I was failing the business I was failing my daughter I yeah. wasn't present as a mom I wasn't present as a partner Josh was doing everything and um, we still had the business yeah um and like we saw the bar and we were so that reopened it. oh yeah, yeah it yeah. did it yeah we also renovated it while I was pregnant and it was just <laughs> like a whole thing and I just was in a really dark place basically and yeah. 
um, somehow it just, it survived and I did as well. Mm. And I think one of the things that kind of got me through to the end was that I knew I can't wait for birth. Yeah. And so um, I, yeah, I was, a lot of people were like, just get induced, have it over and done with. And I was like, no, like I know what I want to do. I want to have yeah. a home birth again. I yeah. That's what I look forward to. And I did. And yeah. so, um, nice. so they both, so also the crazy thing is they were both the girls are due on the same day. So we somehow oh, really? ended up having, yeah. <laughs> I, um, what I are the chances kept, of that? Wow. I know. I know. It's like the one time we get pregnant is exactly the same time. <laughs> um, but it's like, it was, I kept saying to my belly, like, please don't, don't, be, don't come out on Alia's birthday. You can come out yeah. the day before, the day after. Like, just don't come out on Alia's birthday. For some reason, I was like, I don't want you to have the same birthday as each other. Yeah, like it was a have your thing. own days. Yeah, yeah. my brother was born the day before me, so we've got like uh, we've always had like joint birthdays. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I think it was the twentieth of September my waters broke yeah. and I was like I hadn't experienced that with Alia so my waters broke as like as soon as she was about to be born with this I was like oh like oh I like my waters have broken that's so cool and yeah. I was like waiting I was like okay you know I've got all my birth space in our room ready to go I had the birth pool and like I was yeah. like okay really? let's just wait for this to happen and nothing happened yeah and so and there's that time what limit, isn't there like they say. Well, so yes. Yeah. But because I wasn't having a hospital birth, yeah. my midwives um, really encouraged, like they just wanted to see how, you know, it'll happen. Just give yeah. it 24 hours. Yeah. So I had what's called um, PROM. So uh, what is it? Premature rupture of membrane. So yeah. I was, and I was so sick. So I was, this is TMI, but I yeah. was vomiting and just, gushing fluids <laughs> for like three days oh so wow. I was like every every night I was like okay I I'm gonna go into labor tonight hopefully let's yeah. like you know let's gear up for it and every yeah. night I did it and I was like defeated and yeah. and how many weeks fine. sorry how many weeks were you uh 38 weeks so 38, I was you yeah. know it was ready to go um and I was basically like everything was they were checking on me daily like the fluids yeah. were clear it was all fine there was no you know fetal distress it was just like okay this is happening yeah and they gave me a thing they said look if you if you get to Thursday so this was Monday when my waters broke and yeah said, if you get to Thursday and you haven't given birth we probably should go to hospital because it's been too long and we need to monitor the baby. Yeah. And I was devastated because I was like I, yeah. I just want this home birth I just it was yeah. so important to me and I was just Oh, I was just like, I was a shell of a human because I, I also, yeah. I, you know, my ribs were fractured. Yeah. I was scratching. I was my, I was leaking. I was you just vomiting. wanted it like, to be done. I was a mess. Yeah. And I, it got to the Wednesday and there was an earthquake in Melbourne. Oh, it was a big just earthquake. To, just and to add it yeah. add to everything else. Yep. And I was like, maybe this will bring on the baby. <laughs> and we we got home, and uh, that night I watched like a comedy and I was laughing, like going. oxytocin. I was doing yep. everything. Yeah. Um, and it worked because I was halfway through another comedy special. Yeah. And um, I just it kicked in, and I was like, 
okay, like we're on. Yeah. And um, I said goodnight to Alia um, and this was still in lockdown. So we were still in lockdowns in Melbourne. Yeah. Um, so I couldn't see anyone. Josh's mom had been, she came over from Adelaide and she actually got locked in Victoria. So she couldn't actually yeah. go back home. Yeah. So she had spent three months with us oh, wow. um, experiencing Melbourne lockdown, the poor thing. Yeah. And so she was here. So she was going to help us, you know, take care of us. Oh, Ali that's good. Like that. Yeah. Um, and so I said goodnight to Alia and, you know, I was in labor Um and, you know, she, you know, I said goodbye to my little first baby. Yeah. Um, and I, within three hours, I had given birth to Amara. So yeah. um, she was uh, posterior. So that was a, a hard slog, but it also, yeah. in hindsight, was really fast. Like yeah. it felt so much harder than Alia's, but it was, uh, you know, faster. And yeah, it was a really interesting experience because you know what you're going in for but it's also a completely different experience yeah um, yeah but it was like I was so defeated I remember the whole time I was like when I was in you know in it yeah I was like saying I can't do it I can't do it which is so unlike me like I just was yeah. like I just was so defeated but she came and it was amazing Yay. um and the whole thing leading up to this was that I'd, I'd, I'd learnt from my first postpartum and I really yes. planned for my second. And I also, yeah. you know, when you run your own business, there's no such thing as mat leave or anything yeah. like that. So yeah. I had a plan in place of how I was going to run the business whilst also honouring my postpartum. And I was yeah. really like going to do that confinement and not leave my bed, but, you know, be in and around my bed. I had a yeah. postpartum doula. I had all these things in place oh, to recover wow. from yeah. my pregnancy. It was basically right. recovering from my pregnancy, not really anything yes. else. Yeah, true. It was so vital yeah. because um, I was able to not worry about the mundane stuff yeah. and focus on my recovery Yourself. Yeah. yeah and I think it really I dealt with a lot of you know postnatal anxiety and um depression and I think I was able to actually be in it yeah I wasn't worrying about how I was going to feed myself I yeah I was able to experience all of that yeah because I'd put into place all these things to Wow, that's that. such a good story as like an example for yeah, yeah. preparing for postpartum. Yeah, and I think I love you know, that. You don't, I think also uh, she was born on the twenty third. Oh Ali's yeah, birthdays are on the twenty fourth of September. So oh, they so they are a day of yeah. Well, you know what's funny? Her. I'm yeah. the twenty sixth of September, and oh. my brother's the twenty fifth. <laughs> Get out! Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah, that's so. Funny. That gave me goosebumps. Yeah. That is so. I need to talk to you about like how your parents dealt yeah. with those birthdays because yeah. I can get away with them at the moment. Being is that and kind then, of separate. is it three years apart? Yeah, exactly. And exactly, my brother. And get I out! Exactly. Oh three. my goodness. <laughs> I love that. That is so cool. <laughs> we need a chat <laughs> yeah I'm definitely glad he wasn't born he was due on my birthday as well yeah, yeah. and yeah so yeah so I'm very glad that I didn't have to share the exact day we still got our own special day yeah yeah ah, that is so <laughs> weird and awesome That's so funny um 
we need a chat of, yeah. of this about everything. But um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that happened. And I was so grateful. I was like, yes, okay. The, you, know, I, yes. you know, the next day I had a three-year-old. You know, yeah. it was like it that was, was me. A... That was my mum yeah. for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my god. I'm sorry. I'm just like realizing, I'm like, oh my god, this is what my yeah, mum would have so... gone through. <laughs> yeah, she would have. And yeah. it was like, and they don't tell. I say this to everyone now. They don't tell you how big your firstborn suddenly looks when you're holding your newborn. Yeah. And it was like a real big moment because I was like, oh my, I was so emotional because you know I was like, Ooh, you, know, you have the yeah, we've got the hormones anyway. Ooh, oh yeah. yeah I just experienced such a dark pregnancy yeah. and I was coming out of this and I was able to celebrate her and like with this little newborn baby girl and like it was just yeah. this whole thing it was beautiful and I was really excited to I mean it was September we're about yeah. to go into another Christmas which is really big for obviously retail yeah. and so I was like still running the business I did give myself like a month of like really very minimally on socials and working yeah um, which was so incredible I'm really grateful to the Kates for doing that yeah for me for running the business yeah, yeah. Um, and I then came back just really like cool let's take it on and I can yeah. some, somehow run this business um we were also out of lockdowns as well so Alia was able to go to um daycare uh full-time and I was able to have this newborn but it's really I mean this is bad to say but it was really easy to work with a newborn yeah um, because I was able to I did you know being an online store I wasn't at the warehouse I had her I had Kate there um I didn't have to do customer service because I had the other Kate doing that I was just you know kind of manning my inbox and making sure you know buying and all that stuff was planned and marketing was planned out yeah so I think around that time I was like how can I balance having this newborn baby yeah and also having this business yeah and so we moved out we needed to move out of that lease and so we moved into like a smaller space for a little bit yeah um and that was remotely and it was it was good but i kate who was running my warehouse she was she's got she got a job what she was studying in and it was really yeah. exciting and so yeah. i was like you know what i can take this on i can you know i can pack orders and do all that yeah. and i basically took over our entire down cuz we've got like a three story townhouse so yeah. the entire downstairs area garage studio and like our spare room area yeah became my business and it was packed like in hindsight probably not a great idea but but it was close to you my business yes I was able to run my business in my pajamas yes be with my newborn baby yes and still run a very efficient and you know business yeah and so that worked for us for a little bit um, it was really hard. I think it took a toll on my mental health because I felt like I couldn't escape. Like yeah, I was work very... was at home and home was at work. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And when we first started, that made sense. Yeah. But when you're like two and a half years in, it was like, what am I doing? Yeah. Yeah, I'm saving some money, but like it's not worth it. So yeah. I really decided that once Amara could go daycare, um yeah we would find a space and I would yeah I'd be yeah. able to work out of that and what and age was, was that really hard. for her did she go to daycare um 
Oh, she went to daycare around one and a half. Yeah. Yeah. No, she's one and a half now. What am I talking about? Sorry. <laughs> she was <laughs> nine months. She was nine, nine months. months. Yeah. She's one yeah. and a half now. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I basically, um, yeah. So she went, yeah, around nine months, which was a bit of a, um, a, I was really hard on myself for some reason because we'd, yeah. you know, we'd had the luxury of, not luxury, but we had Alia yeah. at home until she was like two because she was yeah. a lockdown. She lockdown, was a lockdown kid, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so we had to have her at home. Yeah. And we got to experience those first two years of being with her. Yeah. But with Amara, I was like, oh, you know, I mean, I know some people go to daycare at six weeks. Like it's, yeah. you know, it's, I know that there's, you know, people experience this every day. But for me, yeah. I felt like I'd failed. Like I can't felt guilt around my that. business. Yeah, I really did. Yeah. Um, but you know, she loves it. She runs the place. Like she, <laughs> she loves that, you know, we found a really amazing daycare and yeah. Um and it really it it really made me feel okay, I can step into a full time role yeah. of running this business. Which yeah. when I look back at it, I haven't done that. I've never actually yeah. when you run your own business, it's a twenty four seven thing. But yeah. actually having dedicated full time hours. Yeah. It was like life changing. Yeah. I was like, whoa, you can yeah. actually spend full time on this business. And actually make and- it feel like your job. Like it's a job. Yeah, you know, yeah. I and you know, we found this space which was amazing and it, it yeah. fits perfectly for us. And um I basically yeah, I went I was full time I'm full time working. I have um like a virtual team basically. Yeah. Um who you know I've got my um virtual assistant, which was a really amazing thing to get when Amara was really young. Like yeah. so she has like changed my business life because she yeah. organizes everything for me. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I started getting people, you know, doing things that really progresses the business, I guess. So yeah. um, I was able to hire blog writers. I was able to get an EDM designer. I was able yeah. to, you know, work on and then really just focus on marketing, yeah. which I really love doing myself. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it was, it's been a time basically. Yeah. And I've been able to um, just focus solely on it while still juggling motherhood, I guess. And I think, you know, this year has probably been the toughest for retail. Yeah. Um, I think I talk to pretty much everyone, all the brands that I stock all feel the same. Yeah. And it's, it's like, I knew there'd be a fallout from COVID. Like I knew we wouldn't be able to stay, stay on this projected, like ridiculous, you know, I look back at what we were doing those years and I was like, what the, like that's insane. And I knew that wasn't sustainable. So I knew going into this year was going to be tough. Different. Um, Yeah. And, and just, yeah, different. And, you know, I hate the word pivot, but like just, you just have to, you know, focus on what you do well and just keep going. And I think one of the big things I really sort of rejigged my whole focus was what do I want big little things to be and what works well and um, 
we try all different things. I know what works now for us. And, and then I did know that I wanted to branch out to gifting because it is such a huge part of big little things. Like yeah. there were so many gifts that were sent out because our big thing was create your own gift boxes for yeah. moms and babies. Yeah. And that was really huge regardless of COVID. And so yeah. I was like, what if I did gifting for everyone else? Like what yeah. does that look like? Yeah. And that was something that I thought about, yeah, and put together this whole thing. Yeah. I did think about purchasing another business and taking that over. Yeah. Um, but I was like, no, I want to do my own thing. Yeah. And that just burst. And, like, it was like, go. I had everything in place. And once I got the investment, I was like, yep, yeah, okay, it's yeah. game on. And so – I then planned, it was like this, it was such an amazing moment because it was the first time I was able to really focus on, you know, building a new brand yeah. from everything I learned, but it's a sister brand. So I was like, yeah, what can I do that we do well, but better yeah. and it's so much fun and a learning experience, but um, it kind of stemmed from working with Jared, our web designer. Yeah. Because I wanted to re I've always wanted to redo the big little things website. Yeah. And how we designed it, um, it kind of made sense that we would branch off and do big little gifting. Yeah. And so he's like we're still working on the new website for big little things and that's really exciting. I can't yeah. wait. Um but that's exciting. launching big yeah and launching yeah. big little gifting I basically was able to plan a whole campaign shoot for both brands and yeah. Alicia and I, for the very first time, were able to come together and meet. So she's in Perth. So oh, I've actually yeah. never met Alicia. So oh this is our fourth year in business. And for the past four years, I actually haven't met her before. Yeah. And she's like my, she's like my business soulmate kind of thing like we've created something really I think it's kind of like this sounds really up myself but it's kind of iconic like I feel like our imagery is so big little things that to the point that I have customers sending me you know when someone is copying yeah or if something is oh this looks very familiar and yeah I've had very a very a, a lot of instances where people have um, copied or, yeah, you yeah. know, taken things and um, it's now an industry that is so saturated. It's yeah. kind of, I think it's boring when people do this yeah, um, because it's just like, give me something new because I, I love when new things come up and that are fresh and that are yeah. like completely different. I don't want the same as everyone else. Like that's why yeah. I started Big Little Things and now – it yeah. feels like there's a, a you know a similar thing every bloody day. And, yeah, <laughs> you know that was the fallout of COVID. Everyone was like, "I'm going to start went, an online store." That's it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's interesting being in this industry now because it's like, well, how do I stay? I mean, we are so consistent. Yeah. But how do we also still evolve and yeah. keep pushing forward? And and I yeah, I, I think unique. The, yeah, and yeah. I the biggest thing for me is we were at such a projected like projected um growth um before I was pregnant. And when I was pregnant, I feel like we just plateaued in terms of what I wanted to do with the business. So I had yeah. all these grand plans for 2021. Yeah. And uh and 2022 and 
it really sort of, I felt like I lost a year. Yeah. And I felt like all the things I had planned kind of just got put aside because I was just so sick and I couldn't do them. Yeah. And so now I'm kind of actioning all of those things. Yeah. And it's really fun to see that. And one of those things was this big campaign shoot that we did. Um, and we went up to um northern New South Wales and Queensland, like the Gold Coast, and we shot campaign shoots for big little gifting and big little things and I got to meet people that I've been talking to yeah. for like since day one and yeah. it was such an it that was so, so beautiful nice. yeah. yeah like meeting having time with Alicia was like just being with a you know an old friend. best friend that I just saw yesterday yeah like it yeah. was and we have such a beautiful relationship and I adore her and what we create I love and what yeah. we're going to create I love um yeah. but even just like meeting people like mums that are my friends that had been with big little things from day one like it was just so special yeah and um it's kind of reignited that fire in me to keep going as much as like it is a daily slog and it's yeah. hard and I swear I want to quit every day. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's just part of being a yeah. business owner. It is so you have your days. So bloody hard. Yeah. yeah. And you have so many, there's weeks where I have nervous breakdowns going, why am I doing this? I'm just yeah. going to quit. Yeah. Um, I'll just sell it. Like one day, hopefully it, it's, you know, I will sell it and yeah. it'll be, a, you know, a huge moment. But there's yeah. so much more that I feel I probably could do. Yeah. And yeah. I it's just interesting to see that evolve and what the industry looks like right now. It's um yeah. it's really interesting and how yeah. how people are shopping and it's it's I mean, come it's so far, hasn't it? It's like since like like probably the the year that you began really. Like mm. I mean so it's Instagram too, but like just that yeah. world, like this motherhood world has become so monopolized. Yeah. Like <laughs> and, it's, and exposed it's, and talked about yeah. and like so many businesses, so many opinions, so many resources. Like it's so like it's expanded hugely. Mm. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's interesting because I have a love-hate relationship with it because mm. I um I just want people to do their own thing and yeah. like be like shake it up like yeah. we yeah. I'm really proud that we have stayed true to my vision yeah all the time the whole like time I've not yeah the whole time that experience I wanted to elevate with big little gifting and I'm so proud with yeah what we've done with that because um I can shift you know we actually you know got rid of our big little get big little things boxes and yeah. have a whole new brand not new branding but a whole yeah. new unboxing experience yeah. and I'm really proud of it because it yeah. shows that I still I haven't lost that vision I think yeah. and I just yeah I do want to keep pushing it and I think it's hard when you see people um wanting to do the same thing and mm. I understand it's like how many how like you can't do that many different things in this industry, but yeah. I just, it's kind of like, how can I 
stay true to ourselves yeah. without getting lost in the same same like yes yeah. And yeah I I think we've built enough of a hopefully a brand awareness that yeah people do know what that big little thing's aesthetic is yeah um but it's kind of like what is next like yeah what, yeah how do I grow that and I think what I have in, in store and what my plans are um it's really interesting to see I mean it's it's interesting to see what will happen yes yeah. um I'm not pregnant <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm gonna be pregnant anytime soon I was gonna ask you I, that like like I'm not sure if you're planning on having any more kids but like how is it like being in an industry which you might not need those products anymore because obviously you did in those years of startup yeah yeah I think I mean I I I do that I live and breathe what I do if I'm working in it so yeah I really feel like I'm still a part of it even though I may not use these products yeah I mean I've I use them with my I mean it's only been a year and a half since I I mean yeah I used it all last year with yeah. Mara and yeah I it's still fresh I think yeah. it'd be interesting to see in the next like two years yeah um, how do I stay connected but I I mean yeah. I'm talking to pregnant people, people all, the all the time and yeah. yeah yeah and you know we've got our podcast now so yeah do you want to um, talk about that yeah so um I have worked with Caitlin since yeah since starting big little things and I'm very um vocal about yes. supporting and raising awareness around HG and so um she floated the idea with me being like I really want to start a podcast where you do it with me and like, yeah <laughs> um sure like, she's <laughs> like because you've got because we've got so much going on why don't just add another thing to another plate? thing but yeah yeah the one thing that really um I think resonated with me is that these this awareness yeah. is when you talk to heaps of people that have had the same experience as you, you feel seen. Yeah. You um, also are putting it out into the world that this is something that needs to be taken seriously. Yeah. Um, yeah. The industry, uh, so the care system needs to learn more about HG and how to take care of yeah. sufferers and survivors. Yeah. And, um, bringing this to a platform that yeah. people can listen to and learn more and hear stories was just a no-brainer. And so yeah. we yeah. just did it. And last year we recorded 10 episodes for season one and yeah. it was such a great reception. So many people learned so much and really rallied behind us. Yeah. And we just launched our season two and yeah. we have enough episodes because uh, we're talking to real sufferers of HG yeah. and we have enough submissions for like two years worth of um, yeah. episodes and that's one episode a week. So it was yeah. it's wow. crazy the yeah. we got. And, um, yeah, so we've been recording that and it's been a huge passion project that's yeah. taken a lot out of us because we're, yeah. su- we're both survivors of HG. So yeah. we're listening to trauma basically and reliving all the time. that again. Yeah. Yeah. And, but yeah. also giving space to these incredible survivors and people that are currently suffering it, yeah. um, space to actually acknowledge how shit their pregnancy is. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, and being okay to say that and yeah. actually shine light on the um, the lack of care and support in yeah. this country 
for HG sufferers and yeah it's just really important to me and to Caitlin absolutely yeah well I feel like from probably the last two years I feel like I've learned a lot about it just from hearing more people I guess speak about it yeah um, openly online and it is nice to know because now that like if I had a friend that had HG as well I feel like I not that I know what it like firsthand but like hearing these stories I feel like is important to know that yeah what people could could go through that is such it is literally the reason why we do it if one person can see their friend suffering and going hey you might have this thing called HG you might want to look into it yeah you're actually saving someone's life because it is so serious if it doesn't get treated or diagnosed early on yeah because and just being aware of it is yeah. just, it's actually life-saving. So what would you say, like, is as a friend of someone who might have HG, what would what would be the best way to look after a friend? Um, you should definitely listen to our podcast, yeah. HG. <laughs> Not trying to plug it. We don't get anything out of it yeah, other yeah. than it's, it's all the information you need. But also go to High Premises Australia. Yeah. And find out there's so many resources and just listen and believe that they are really sick. Yeah. It's not morning sickness. Don't you dare offer them ginger. Just tell them <laughs> they need they yeah. need support yeah. and they need to know that you're there. Yeah. And that, um, yeah, I just – and let them just experience all the ups and downs of it. What they're going through. Yeah. Sorry. And do you find um, because, like it's one of those things as well that it's just more annoying when people try and find the solution for you when it's just like this is just let me experience what I'm experiencing. Yeah. Yeah. And just there is no cure. Yeah. There's no cure. There's only managing it and yeah. it's dark. It's a dark time for them and if you just acknowledge how shit it is, that's half the battle really Yeah. because there's enough people that are going to be telling them that it's all in their head or it's not that bad or you know yeah. oh, you'll it'll stop soon it'll yeah. stop soon yeah <laughs> sorry um so yeah I just I really think um there is resources there for you yeah. and my dms are always open always yeah. I always have space and time for anyone who is suffering hg thinks they might be suffering it or has survived it or, you know, someone and you're supporting someone that has HG, I will always be there for you. And yeah. I know Caitlin will be as well. So it's That's so incredible. There. That's amazing of you guys. Thank you. That's so good. Yeah. Well, you've got a lot on your plate. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So how are you feeling but, at the moment juggling all of this? Um, fine. I think yeah. I, I've reached a point where I need to – I've just, I've forgotten to take care of myself. Yeah. And I think um, that's something that I really am so aware of, Mm. but haven't really mastered yet. Yeah. And I think I'm still in that postpartum stage. Yeah. You know, Amara's one and a half. Yeah. Postpartum's forever. But, you know, I'm still, I've got a toddler. I have a four-year-old. We're about to experience school age yeah life the years of school yeah Yeah. and what does that sorry what does that look like yeah and um it's I've I definitely have lost myself 
and mm-hmm. I would like to I I need to practice what I preach I tell yeah. women in my life and through my business to be resting and take care of themselves and all sorts of stuff and yeah and my close you know my close business friends my close friends will be like and yeah. are you like what yeah. are you doing and that's an issue yeah I think we <laughs> I are know... all guilty of that <laughs> yeah I that workaholic style hasn't left me I think because you're just so passionate about it though like it's what happens when you find something you're passionate about that you find it's taking you places because it's just it's exciting like and it's fulfilling and and there's things to do and it feels good to get them done yeah and I think we're in this weird stage at the moment that you feel like we place this urgency on ourselves to keep pushing and that that hustle and that yeah it's just not it's a figment of our imagination really because I know I place this expectation on myself I know that I feel like I have to constantly be present I have to be constantly doing this I need to be you know you feel like you constantly need to be putting your brand and business out there because if you don't you get left behind and it's like is that sustainable no no is that really true because I mean yes we Mm. get told from business coaches and mentors and all these people pushing their courses and saying all this sort of stuff being like you know you gotta you know really be there and the customer needs to see you and blah 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 blah. it's like there's so much put on your shoulders by yourself let alone the expectations of showing up yeah that you know, what does that look like for you? Because yeah. is that something that's going to hinder your growth as a business owner? And how does that affect your personal life? Like it's okay yeah. to, I mean, this is, I need to, again, practice what I preach, but Perfect. it's okay <laughs> to switch off. Like yeah, I, the other, last night I actually, I, you know, I, I still am very nocturnal with my business. And I, yeah. even though I can, I work, you know, yeah hours I still you know I've got two businesses now and I get on my laptop at night and I start doing things I'm like hang on does it really need do I have to be doing this right now yeah why don't I just actually yeah and actually and I the thing that really I'm super organized ridiculously yeah but sometimes you just get I get really overwhelmed and then I just do nothing yes and so this was me last night yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, what works for me is yeah. structuring out my entire week because I have yeah. the luxury of being able to do that. So yeah. I, you know, I talk with my fellow, like my little business friends who, you know, we talk about like CEO time and like having a day where you focus on the big picture. Yeah. And then that's all you focus on. Yeah. And then Tuesdays could be, you know, planning out the month's worth of socials and then marketing is Wednesday and yeah. EDM's a Thursday and Friday is something else. And yeah. um, and when you actually do that, you actually know you've got a handle of things. Yeah. And I, I think You're I, not th- just I winging need to each keep day. doing that. Yeah. 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 Because it is overwhelming. Yeah. And I really try and my biggest thing and my biggest advice to anyone is I don't look, and this is probably bad advice, but I don't mm. really look at other, I don't look at my competition yes. because yeah. I don't want to be like them. And you don't I, want to be inspired by 
what they're like the yeah what they're doing I literally influenced. I have like tunnel vision which is I'm all about good that. and bad yeah no I'm all but about I stay that. in my lane yeah I don't because if you look outside of that you go oh they're doing this and yeah you know, oh they're you kind so of much... you question what you're doing yeah. you think well should I be doing that too yeah, to why am up? I yeah. not like this or why am I and when you do that you lose your confidence and you're like yeah. And then and you your lose space your for way. original visions. Like you lose that like ability to yep. just come up with original ideas. Yeah. And I yeah. have businesses, like I have brands coming to me being like, oh, why am I not doing this? I saw someone's doing this and blah, blah, blah. blah. And I'm just mm. like, so like, that's not, you're not yeah. them. That's yeah. not you. Yeah. Like, I'm glad you're not doing that because that's yeah. not who you are. Yeah. And I think that's when I feel like I am in my own little bubble yeah, but I get the most. I that's when I really hit the sweet spot of like just doing my own thing, and yeah. I have no idea what anyone else is doing. Yeah, because I'm too focused on my end goal. Yeah, or my focus for that month, year, whatever it is. Yeah, and I'm at my pace. Yeah, I know what I'm trying to achieve, and at my and like and no one else's pace. Yeah. Because yeah. you don't know, because we're in the age of, you know, that viral TikTok success, mm-hmm. you know, quotation marks mm. of like, you know, launching a, you know, viral store or brand and going yeah. crazy and you see all these packing tables full of orders and you're yeah. just like, why aren't I like that? Yeah. And when you've been slowing, I mean, we're yeah. in our fourth year of business. It's not even, I still think we're very fresh and very new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, I really do feel like there is there is uh, some sort of wisdom to just like going at what, like, focusing on your vision and your goal and keep on doing it your way and consistently yeah. doing it. Yeah. Because it comes through as genuine, authentic yeah. and not riding the waves of trends you know, this this weird like mm-hmm. um instant success thing yeah and, like my dms are full of people asking me where i got this from and how did i do this it's like mm. google it do yeah research like <laughs> yeah i don't want to know what i did because what if you find something better yeah like i just i really push back on going into those conversations because yeah. first I I didn't have that and I yeah. never would have approached a business asking for their secrets or their mm. you know things like that it's really yeah. interesting how yeah. the yeah this past few years has seen an influx of people just wanting that instant you know, that uh, overnight like thing yeah yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah and I think pe- customers can see it. I yeah. really feel like if you take them on that journey and you they see you grow and evolve mm. as a person and as a business, they are more likely to stick around yeah. than anything else. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, seriously, you <laughs> took the words out of my All that stuff is exactly like how I like preach life too. I think I even remember early mm. days as a graphic designer. I um mm. like went through the same sort of feelings and realized that the best thing for me was to unfollow all other graphic designers and just ignore the whole industry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And just approach it how I wanted to. 
not how yeah. everyone was because it does get it I think it's so similar in all industries where everyone just kind of starts to become the same like because everyone's just trying to keep up with each other and then we have a lot of the same stuff um yeah and I think looking at other industries and being inspired by other things like I love looking at I mean online versus brick and mortar is very different yeah Um, and I think this whole you know AI revolution is like really I mean, you can look at the scary side of it or you can look at the innovative side of it. And I think um, I really still hone back to my like retail life and and try and I look at different industries or not even different industries, but like different parts of it and gain inspiration from how someone else is doing something in a completely different different thing. industry that yeah 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 that isn't baby related or you know it's completely yeah. you know all the wellness and the um beauty or like um yeah. even like tech and yeah. like getting inspiration from that and going okay how could I use that and yeah. how could I make it my own and yeah. like I keep I'm currently in the, you know, we're building this new website, which I'm really excited about. I've had a lot of people ask me if I'll ever do like an actual store. Um, And that's a whole thing. And it's, it's kind of like, okay, well, what is the next thing? And Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's exciting because I think if you find inspiration from other places and also remember what you love and, and, you know, people say, you know, your customer is who you should focus on. And of course we're thinking of them. Yeah. I live and breathe, whatever. I, we have an avatar of our customer and we yeah. talk to her. All but yeah. I also, you know, I, you know, live and breathe big little things and yeah. whatever that is, I'm hoping that other people like it. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it's interesting to yeah. see who's doing what and how that influences you know the whole you know big machine that is this industry but yeah um I think yeah finding that inspiration from other places is just way more fun yeah I agree (laughs) original like and you know as a designer you would also I think that's the fun thing about it. Like you can be inspired by film and like music and so many um, things. Yeah. So many things. And why can't you do that in retail? Like I think there's a disconnect between, you know, we're trying to think about our, you know, our customers pain points that, which is so true and it should be your, you know, bread and butter, but like, how are you making their experience something that they don't have? Yeah, they are probably wanting in this space. So yes. yeah, I yes. think um, I really am inspired when um, a brand comes out of nowhere, and yeah. it's not nowhere. They've probably been slogging around for like five years, but yeah, um, when they pop up and they inspire me, and at the moment it's really rare. Yeah, but when they do, I'm like, oh, like you're you you keep me going because yes. I'm like cool there's yes. someone pushing me to keep you know innovating and figuring out a new way of looking at something absolutely and yeah that's the cool stuff yeah do you ever get um like new brands mm-hmm. pitching to you to stock their stuff in your with your stuff 
Yeah, I get probably like <laughs> 10 emails a week. Yeah. And yeah. I, no, I love them. I yes. just can't. I, I like we I we have a folder in that um email inbox that is literally just all the emails that I get and I yeah. look at them every 3 to 6 months. Yeah. And I'm like I'm stuck. <clears throat> I've got new bra- like my buying plan is done for the year. Yeah. And some of the brands that I'm taking on <clears throat> reached out to me like a year ago like yeah yeah and also I really am a stickler for not having a million versions of the same thing same thing so there yeah. is there is businesses out there in the baby and mum world that have yeah you know that overwhelm of and that's going back to when I first thought of big little things yeah it's overwhelming being yeah, the choices my mum yeah. The choices are, I mean, it's great. We have so many yeah. amazing choices and so much information. Yeah. And so many opinions. Yeah. But like, why can't we just show, like, imagine going to a store and being like, this is the best that we think is out there and this is yeah. what we're presenting to you. Yeah, yeah, And that yeah. was the premise behind Big Little Things. I love There's that. There's stores that yeah. are showing a million versions of the same thing. Yeah. And that's great. But our whole thing is not to overwhelm our customer. Yeah, and just have the good and stuff. give them what you believe is the best. Yeah, and yeah. they can, you know, mums are the most researched <laughs> group of people. I know you like our. It's funny watching the journey of customers yeah. come on because they're they're researching. They're getting all of that data and going, okay, yeah. what is the best thing? They're making it this, this yes, this, and they will make the decision. So how do we present our, you know, yeah. what I think is great and who backs yeah. it and. It's, yeah. it's interesting because I find that how I like to shop, I don't like being overwhelmed. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to be shown like this is the great stuff. This is um, the things that are beautiful and yeah. useful and yeah. there you go. Amazing. Yeah. I love how, yeah, I love how you stay like stuck true to that this whole time. Even throughout so, the adventures of yeah, pregnancy and HD, yeah, and, it's, yeah, and it's really and... tempting to like want to have everything, yeah, absolutely, I I yeah. But there is so many, I can only have so much of the this product, like, I exactly. don't want too much of it, and yeah. When I do get to a point of going, oh, I've got a little bit too much of this, I need to really scale it back. Um, but I'm really, I think I've kind of honed in on the buying and. Um, really focused on the evergreen products that I'll always stock. Yeah, and really trying to move away from any kind of seasonal thing because yeah, um, I think in the next year we probably won't have any seasonal product. It'll just be, you know, we'll always have the things that you'll need. Yeah, always. You know, yeah, and you've because you've got great like checklists and things for hospital bags. Mm-hmm. Like you, you go beyond just what you stock. Like I, that's what I love about your brand. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And we're really going to build on that. Um, but I think just not, um, yeah, I, I really don't want to add to the waste yeah. of this industry and it's, yeah. it's, um, it's getting really bad. <laughs> yeah. It's, I don't yeah. know how many more baby brands we can, I know baby clothing in particular, like it's, yeah, it's scary how many there are and the waste. And <clears throat> I yeah. really don't want to, I don't want to fuel that basically. Yeah. So yeah. Um, being very particular about if we're going to stock this brand, they better, you know, we're going to always have this product Yeah, <clears throat> and not be like, Oh, it's spring or it's winter. We're not going to have, 
you know, we're having yeah. a sale now, but I don't, this is not a thing I'm going to have in the future, which yeah. is a very pushback on the industry because every second store is having an up to 70% sale yeah. every single month yeah. just to keep up with the churning yeah. thing. And I just, I don't want to be a part of that. Yeah. Um, I want to reward our customers. We're going to have a loyalty program and yeah. we want to really hone in on nurturing our customers. Yeah. But in a sustainable way. And that is also, you know, yeah, not adding to it as much as yeah. we can. Yeah. No, I really yeah. like that perspective. Yeah. Speaking of careers, um, like do you get excited thinking about like the jobs that your kids might have or the things that they might want to do no. when they're older? Uh yes. Yeah. I I am interested because I think, you know, I I'm sure my parents were really excited about me getting a degree and, you know, yeah. doing all of that. <clears throat> and I think I, my entire career, I've had to kind of defend that retail and management and that kind of career is actually a career, not like a job mm. in between. Yeah. And it is some, like I've managed yeah. lots of people that have had, you know, a retail job and then next, you know, they've gotten their, you know, all time, you know, highlight career job. But yeah. for me, that was my career and I loved it. And I yeah. had so many opportunities and I was you know looking back at it which you've very yeah. graciously let me do yeah um I'm very proud of that and I absolutely think I yeah. I would be proud of anything they decide to do as well and I'm yeah. really big on um you know you don't have to decide what you want to do in year 12 like it's yeah. such an archaic thing it is like yeah go and travel if you can or work yeah, like I want to. I'd love to see more young people working, and I mean, not yeah. that they aren't, but like, yes, yeah, you know, doing things like that and yeah. like putting themselves out there, and um, and I think there's this whole new generation that are just so inspiring yeah. and like really like pushing that boundary, and um, and I love to see it. Yeah, and I think our, my kids' generation are going to be really um yeah how exciting is it it's like yeah it is exciting the thought of it it's scary but it's exciting they know more they will know so much more and I I think that our world you know environmentally is sustainable yeah them to do all these things yeah that is true a whole other conversation that's another conversation I (laughs) I think that what they'll do will be what they want to do and I think we just will nurture that and I mean who knows like we Mm. could have yeah I don't know they're just they're so little right now you know they they just they just want to do and be their own person and which is awesome and I think raising two girls and soon you know we'll be raising two little women and yeah or whoever they want to be yeah and and I think that's so important because I think, you know, raising them and I think something I didn't really touch on was trying to be um, aware of our privilege because yeah. I think I really try and I really want to be inclusive because the baby industry is very whitewashed and yeah. something that I keep going back with the girls is we're teaching them their privilege um, yeah. r- trying to raise them um, anti-racist 
and my business is really I'm you know we're not perfect there's so much more that I can do yeah but I think having voices that are indigenous having you know women that are you know showing indigenous women in our campaigns yeah um telling their stories actually acknowledging different experiences and I want to do better and I think showing um and that's my goal is to actually bring that to the baby industry because it is it's getting better but it can be very especially in Australia it's very um yeah yeah a bit behind in that aspect and when I do see inclusivity in all of the different ways um and especially showcasing um black and indigenous experiences within motherhood um Mm. it's inspiring and I think we can all do better in that way so I think raising the girls to know their privilege and also um yeah really highlighting that to them now is going to raise these little humans that will hopefully yeah yeah do good things yeah yeah exactly so yeah that's all yeah. for them. Yeah. 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 It's really, I find it really like exciting the thought of um, our generation of mothers and what we've experienced in our, like, I guess our prime years, our 20s and mm-hmm. 30s. This, this generation of mothers, like the type of people we're, we're raising, um, like because the dynamic is so different to what our parents were experiencing at this age, you know. And, yeah. like, the thought of what, like, those little people will become because of the mothers that are, like, uh, the things that we know now is mm. really exciting, I think. Yeah. 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 And, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see what that looks like because so much happens in such a short space of time. Oh, so, Yeah. Like, 10 years 20 years time like what does that look like and it's interesting to think about it um but yeah nah well that's amazing you've done a really really amazing job at telling your story do you feel like you've you've covered all the things (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. I think so I hope so I feel like have we been talking for like five hours sorry but (laughs) But you can't try and fit your life story in an hour. Like, let's be real. It's mu- it's worth no. much more than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, well, I, I think, I like, it's just so interesting and so amazing listening to especially your whole career and your experiences before big little things even come around because that's something that I didn't know. And I think it adds a whole new appreciation and a whole new level of, like, understanding for what that brain is built on. It's amazing. Thank you. That's, yeah. that's lovely. Thank you so much for even listening <laughs> and like giving yeah. it time. That's yeah. Really nice. No, well, thank you so much for first of all saying yes to coming on and sharing your story, but yeah, spending the the morning with me. That was, yeah, so inspiring to listen to and what you've built and what you've had to go through with HD and everything is so like inspiring what you've come into now and the time of life now. So well done. Thank you. Thank you thank so much. You. Thank you. I love, love this one. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Busy Mama podcast. I am ever so grateful to have your listening ears with us today. 
please leave a review and rate the show if you enjoyed listening that would be so appreciated and also don't forget to request a guest on our website if you have any particular busy mama in mind that you'd love to hear her story her creation story of her business of her babies and of herself in general don't forget to follow along for more behind the scenes and extra goodness on instagram the busy mama podcast i'd also love to take a moment to thank amity music for letting me use their beautiful song letting go you guys are amazing see you next week